Hey y'all, I'm Brooke Hoover, a Louisiana native, actor, writer, and comedian. I've lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise, or shall I say, lifestyle changes. My 20 year and counting health journey has taught me that just like taking a diet pill for weight loss, body positivity doesn't magically happen overnight. I'm working on regaining my self-esteem and rekindling my love affair with Cajun and Southern comfort food in a healthier way, all the while juggling eating as clean as I can, reestablishing myself in the entertainment industry, which, as we know, is historically fat-phobic, all the while showing my inner fat girl some love. That's fat with a PH. Pretty hot and tempting. Let me tell y'all a tale or two. What's up, y'all? When I originally set out to do this here podcast, my goal was I'll do one podcast episode a week. As a constant overachiever and overexerter, is, is overexerter, overexerter, is that a word? Or like a go big or go home type of person. It's really taking a toll on me emotionally and brain power wise and most especially it's tough when I want to get an episode out and I I just can't. I beat myself up. I'd rather deliver quality over quantity and I know in, in this day and age in this market it's content creation, content creation and we have a lot of crappy content out there. Um, I'd like to think and hope that Who's Dat Fat Girl is not crappy content. That's not my aim. So I do want to deliver quality over quantity. And again, while it may seem like this podcast is just going up to a mic, or in, in this case, a voiceover, voiceover studio, a.k.a. a tiny step-in closet, not a walk-in closet, it's a step-in closet, and just pouring your heart out on the microphone, it's a lot more than that. I heard a radio advertisement the other day. I almost said advertisement because my dog Arch is British. So I almost talked like advertisement because of Archer. Um, a radio advertisement the other day. I, yeah, I listened to old school radio in my car because my car is 23 years old. And uh, they were advertising the, I forgot the name of the podcast, but just pretend like such and such podcast airs every other Tuesday. Again, I don't remember the name of the podcast because it wasn't Who's Dat Fat Girl. And they were saying, you know, every other Tuesday, we put an episode out every other Tuesday. And I was like, dude, dude, light bulb. If some big wig podcast, and I assume a big wig, they're a big wig podcast, if they can afford radio ads, golly gee, if they can give themselves permission to do a podcast every other week, so can I. And then I can be more consistent and still work, like work, you know, work it and keep doing all the other things on my to-do list. So to my loyal and lovely fans out there who tune in, I hope by me doing a podcast episode every other week going forward, having having more of a consistency with that instead of a lot of episodes all at once, one, um, you know, um, every Monday and then I go rogue for like two, three, four weeks I hope me doing something more consistent every other week is all right with y'all. And I can use that other week to stay sane. And instead of doing the generation or the creation of, you know, creating the podcast episode, um, I have like, I don't want to call it a hustle week. God, I'm so sick of the hustle. But a way to figure out like how to spread the word of who's that fat girl. Y'all feel me on this?
I think so. I hope so. I really do. I also encourage all of us to do less. Yes, my fellow Americans, because I know it's like a big American American thing to do, like go big or go home or do more. While Europeans, like Europeans, they take a whole month off for vacation in the summer, y'all. Like things shut down because Europeans do everything better. Well, like I guess almost everything better. I'm encouraging all of us to figure out how we utilize our time to preserve our sanity a little bit better. I'm fixing to start a Yoga Nidra series tonight with my dear friend, Amy. She was actually just over doing a private lesson with me. And she's a yogi and a yoga teacher. And if you're interested, please holler at me. I will send you the info to sign up and you can jump in on her class. Don't worry, you're never too late to jump in on the Yoga Nidra series because she records every episode. uh, So you can always catch up. The theme is 40 Days of Rest. Isn't that so like biblical? Yoga Nidra is the yoga that's all about resting. It is, in fact, I think, um, I forget the math of it, but 30 minutes of Yoga Nidra can equate to at least two or three hours of sleep. It, um, I think, is that right? I'm thinking Yoga Nidra is the yoga of rest. Yin Yoga is also the yoga of slowing down, like regenerating. Um, I think the yoga a lot of us think about who don't know as much about yoga as I do. Oh, girl, I'm an expert. Clearly, as my friend Amy does, or yogis, like really intense yoga friends, it's vinyasa yoga is what we think about the flow, and you have to do like all these poses and yada, yada, yada. Some of them can be complicated. Yoga Nidra... Yin yoga, the most complicated thing about that is quieting your mind, which oftentimes can be much more difficult than the physical side of things. And yoga nidra, yin yoga, they can be done in like your pajamas. And, um, you know, you'll be holding poses for three minutes. But again, it's not complicated stuff. It's to restore. It's to rest. Yoga nidra literally means to rest. Rest your mind, rest your muscles, and you know, by relaxing your body, you're relaxing your mind. So you're doing it from the outside in. And so before we jump into this here podcast, I was going to do this week's podcast. Actually, I was slated to do an episode about salad. And yes, I still will. And yeah, salads, but we're going to save that for two weeks from now. I promise it will be worth your while. I love me a salad. But I wanted to let out some thoughts I have here as I've been doing this podcast for a year and a half for a year and a half almost. I started on January 28th of 2022, which was my half birthday. Um, And as I'm slowly approaching my real birthday, July 28th, I'm getting a lot of thoughts and feels. I also want to get something else out in the open um, for those of y'all watching the video of this, or I probably will be making a video of this um, in my upper mustache area. Uh, You'll notice like it looks like I got mauled by a Pomeranian. Notice I say mauled by a Pomeranian, not a pit bull because I'm removing the stigma of quote unquote bully breeds. That's from um, electrolysis. I had it done two days ago and this uh, bruising all up here looks like I uh, French kissed a dog who was very angry at me. As a creator, I'm not a natural born marketer. I can generate things like by the minute. I can generate things quicker than my brain can think. But the minute I think about marketing and demographics and selling, I cringe because for me, it just feels so like fake and phony and salesy. And my least favorite thing in the world is getting accosted by a salesperson 
like in the perfume department. And actually, my most least favorite thing in the world, if that is a thing, my most least favorite thing in the world is to be put in a box. And that's that's essentially what marketing is, right? You're figuring out your box, you're wrapping it up, figuring out what kind of wrapping paper to wrap it up in. Or maybe instead of wrapping paper, you're more of like a bag with tissue paper kind of person or product or maybe you're like like newsprint like the funnies like charlie brown or maybe you're like a oh natural like brown with a raffia bow type of package to me it feels stifling but alas if you say you're for everyone like if your marketing pitch is i'm for everyone i'm gonna have a little something for everyone then you're like you're basically walmart and after doing years and years of market research as my side hustle I have seen that people, consumers, myself included as a consumer, we don't like it necessarily when something or someone has something for everyone because it feels cheap. So your elevator pitch cannot be like, well, there's a little something for everyone here. Because a poo-poo platter in a Chinese restaurant is one thing, but a poo-poo platter, a little something for everyone outside of a Chinese restaurant is just plain poo-poo, P-O-O-P-O-O, because it's all over the place. And consumers, like, we don't really like that. So I started really thinking about who's that fat girl. I discuss it a lot in my solo show, Fat Girl Costumes. That's what this here podcast was based on. And I wrote and performed it at a different point during my weight loss journey. Gosh, that was six years ago this fall. Um, But for intents and purposes of tracking, I was still, I was about 45 pounds heavier than I am now, but still about 50 pounds lighter than when I was at my heaviest. Y'all following me? So here's a quote from my play, Fat Girl Costumes, which sums up my feelings. And it's also the theme of today's podcast. And while I'm saying this, while I'm saying this upcoming little excerpt, imagine that you hear that tune of the Mad Hatter Tea Party in your ears with those teapots doing their little thing in the background. But for music licensing purposes, I can't use them here. I am in an Alice in Wonderland Mad Hatter tea party of fat people crazy. Move down, plus size, no size, move down, jump up. Wait, you can't jump, you're too fat. Move down, love your curves. Don't call them curves, they're fat. Don't call yourself fat, you're plus size. No, don't call yourself plus size because you hate that term and so does Amy Schumer. Move down. So like I said, I had written that when I was about 50 pounds heavier than I am now, but also 50 pounds lighter than when I started. And now, now that I've lost some more weight, I dare not say lost the weight because that feels so finite, right? And I never know what's really going on with my journey, really, still. Like, and I'm sick of measuring myself and in, in weight. How do you measure, measure yourself? Not in weight. Like, I'm, I'm really sick of that. But in a way, it is kind of how I've defined myself. I don't want to define myself that way. I still don't really know where I fit in. And that's just been a running theme in my life. In general, I remember in high school, I was in so many, maybe arguably too many clubs. I was vice president of the thespian club. I was in French club, art club, photography club, choir, and troubadour, which brings me to the musical Pippin. When I was first introduced to Pippin, it was in a 
beautiful but unair conditioned chapel where we practice choir. And I laughed at the lyrics when I first saw them because they seemed so cheesy. I mean, I was 17. Wasn't that how we all acted? Like everything was cheesy? I mean, unless you really loved Pippin at the age of 17, which I think most of my friends did. But to refresh everyone on Pippin, I will sing y'all some of it now. Yes, yes, that's happening. We're about to get turned up. Sing along with me. Everything has its season, everything has its time. Show me a reason and I'll soon show you a rhyme. Cats fit on the windowsill, children fit in the snow. Why do I feel I don't fit in anywhere I go? That was off key. Rivers belong where they can ramble. Eagles belong where they can fly. I've got to be where my spirit can run free. i got to find my corner of the sky that was off too because to me in my head it seems more like a country song like rivers belong where they can ramble eagles belong where they can fly i don't know to me it sounds like a country song but anyways i heard those lyrics and i was like what cats fit on windowsills really but then at the same time i kind of felt seen and understood Because I interpreted that song to be like a mirror of my life at the time, maybe even a mirror of my life right now. I was trying to fit in this way and that way and every which way, and I didn't fit in anywhere. And in high school, that's like what you have to do, right? Like, Like your job is to fit in. And right now, in a marketing standpoint, our job, my job, those of us pitching something, our job is to to fit in, to, to figure out your little box. Even if your box is completely different, you have to market it up. But high school, right? So y'all remember Mean Girls, all right? There are so many different types of cliques. I'm quoting from Mean Girls here. Here's all the cliques. Actual human beings, anti-plastics, the art freaks, asexual band geeks, Asian nerds, burnouts, cheerleaders, cool Asians, desperate wannabes, freshmen, girls who eat their feelings, JV cheerleaders, JV jocks, junior plastics, preps, rotsy guys, sexually active band geeks, the plastics, unfriendly black hotties, unnamed girls who don't eat anything, varsity jocks. Yes, yes, I know we are jumping from Alice in Wonderland from my solo show, Fat Girl Costumes, to then Pippin, the musical. God, Bob Fosse, what a genius. To Mean Girls. Uh, Sidebar, Bob Fosse would have never liked me. Never liked me. All right? Like, uh, just not skinny enough. Like, he, he liked really, really skinny lanky gills and even with all my weight loss I would still not make Bob Fosse happy but that's okay I still think he's a genius smoked like a chimney but so we're jumping from my solo show fat girl costumes to Pippin to Mean Girls but y'all stay with me please society would have in high school of course probably placed me in that group from Mean Girls girls who eat their feelings which, like, really and honestly, I, I wouldn't want to fit in any group at all. I didn't want to be marketed as any of that. Who would want to fit into any of, like, th- those groups? But in high school, we would have wanted to fit, it, fit, it, fit into at least one of them. And now, now that I've lost weight, but I'm not super skinny, not a muscle mama, I don't fit in with the 
plus size ladies who have the body confidence. In fact, when I was in a larger body, I didn't fit into that club either because I didn't fully own and accept my body and something I'm learning even though I've lost 100 pounds, it is still hard for me to accept my body, to like accept this body because those negative feelings that you carry with you, unless like you can fully get rid of them and fully shed them, sometimes I wish I was a snake. They just follow you. You just can't shake that with just a simple physical change, right? It happens mentally. There are so many schools of thought here that when it comes to our bodies and What I think is the only school of thought that really matters is what you define to yourself as your own school of thought or motto. And hopefully that's a healthy house or a healthy skew, like a boarding school in which you can live. There was a time I wanted to go to boarding school. That time was about 30 seconds and then that ended quickly. But a homeschool, like homeschool would have been great because homeschooling, that's the best way to avoid clicks, by the way, unless you live in a house like of really clicky cats, like the cats who like fit in the windowsill. Um, they're really clicky and they excuse, exclude you from the, their windowsill sitting. That would have not been fun homeschool with the clicky cats. Anyways, there's a school of thought that gym is life. Or that wellness and eating clean and eating green is the only way. Then there's a school of thought that healthy fats, such as like avocado and almonds are okay. But God forbid a fat person enter the store that sells only healthy fat. Whoa, they're not allowed there. I'm being facetious. I hope y'all know. Then there's a school of thought that I'm overweight and I'm happy with that and I'm owning it. But I didn't fit. I don't fit into any of these. Then there's a school of thought. That I exercise and eat healthy because I want to feel good. Not because I want to punish myself to fit into a certain size or be a certain weight or make a doctor happy. And I, I'm thinking, ding, 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 bingo, that does exist. Those people do exist. And that, I think, my friends, is where I found my tribe, at least mentally or uh, I almost said cosmetically, cosmically somehow. I wish I had known this tribe. I wish this tribe had existed when I was younger or even just a decade ago. For example, there's a plus-size personal trainer named Morit Summers who weighs over 200 pounds. She's fabulous. I will be sharing a wonderful article from Shape Magazine about her on my website, brookhoover.com slash podcast. She takes what she calls a weight-neutral approach where we exercise to feel good and be healthy and not to shame ourselves into losing weight or being a certain weight. Some people won't get it. It isn't for everyone. She admits that. What about people who are naturally like super skinny? Will they want to take a workout class by someone who's nearly twice their size? Who knows? That's their prerogative. Morit knows that those people aren't her demographic. Going back to marketing. She has fans from all walks of life, I would presume, but from what I can see, it's that her primary demographic are larger bodied people because she's empowering. And nowadays, now that I've lost weight and I actively talk about losing weight, I worry. I live with this. Like, am I shunning portions of the community, specifically the plus size community, because I'm like, hey, I lost weight. I'm managing my PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, symptoms better. 
that was my weight loss goal. I talk about that a lot on this this here podcast. I'm still a work in progress in multiple ways. I work out and I eat healthy to feel good, not to punish myself. But I don't know that I quite fit into the same box as Moritz Summers. Nor do I fit into the same box as Suzanne Summers, speaking of Summers. Well, I mean, like Suzanne Summers back in the 70s and 80s. Y'all know what I mean? I tried to lose weight at first, not just at first, but multiple times by body shaming myself. I thought that's what we had to do. And by letting my haters be my motivators, but they weren't motivators. They were just negative voices that added to my own negative voice. And and that just simply didn't work. It wasn't until I realized I had a condition that I needed to treat and I wanted to treat the natural way, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I focused on health and subsequently I lost weight because that weight was not right for my body. It was, my body was producing, overproducing insulin, and I had like the inner tube of belly fat. That's just what was going on with my body, you know? I wish when I was heavier, I'd said, oh boy, I love myself. I love my body, but I didn't. And I'm even like, I'm going off off, um, off the grid here on the podcast. I've lost 100 pounds And I still don't really know that I fully love it, my body. And that's a damn shame. That is a damn shame, y'all, right? I lost a person or several Pomeranians. I toned up. I'm managing my PCOS symptoms without any prescription drugs. I still can't, won't fully allow myself to fully applaud myself. And I'm sharing all this because I bet... There's some aspect of your life where you're holding back because we all do it, right? And you're not fully applauding yourself for how, how far you've come or for what you're doing. I think what I'm doing right now is I'm beating myself up for feeling like I'm not, I'm making people feel left out because I made myself feel left out. My message is not... If you are a certain size, you need to lose weight. That's not my message. Because I feel like oftentimes that's the story a medical association will just tell you. You got heart problems, lose weight. Okay, well, that makes sense. Okay, okay. Lose weight. You're depressed, lose weight. You have a hangnail, lose weight. You have a cough, lose weight. I'm being a little bit facetious here against the medical community at large. (laughs) Ha ha, pun intended. But does being overweight predispose you to certain conditions? Certainly. I mean, does being skinny and eating three packs of Sour Patch Kids a day, but you don't gain weight because that's just your metabolism predispose you to certain conditions? Probably. You're eating a lot of sugar. Just because you're skinny, skinny doesn't mean you're healthy, healthy. But y'all, I'm not a doctor. As I always say, and I don't play one on TV. So I'm not going to tell anyone that being a certain weight is quote unquote bad, air quotes, because the thing is, you can be a certain weight and be healthy overall. You can be overweight and be healthy. You can be overweight and be happy. You could be underweight and be unhappy. You could be at a quote-unquote perfect weight according to the BMI calculator and be unhappy as hell. Every body, every mind is literally different and we just have to work on it and we have to stop putting so much garbage out there into our own brains and into societies and, and into feeding the cesspooly soup of garbage junk. So why do we have to fit that body into a box? I think if someone wanted to wrap me up, 
and wrap who's dat fat girl into a box? The wrapping paper better be neon bikini pink. That's the color on Canva. Neon bikini, I call it fat girl costumes pink. If we wanted to pitch it on an elevator, and if we didn't have like enough time for like the elevator to get stuck, so I can't have any like, uh, you know, like elevator pitches, you can, an elevator can never be stuck, right? You never have that much time. So I can't have any of my ADD brain farts or anything. We're just taking it up a few floors, like three floors, boom, with the executive, I would say this, who's that fat girl is for people who have ever, ever doubted themselves because society told them that they had to for so long that they started to believe it and they're sick and tired of living their lives according to the BS told to them by others and told to them by their own damn selves and they're working on reclaiming it. Oh, and yes, it's also for people who love 80s and 90s nostalgia and Louisiana food. I can't really fit into a box. I get it, pun intended, I can't fit into it. For a long time, a long time, it was hard for me to fit into even cute clothes. And I don't want my podcast audience to feel like we fit into a box either. I think we're just people who are trying to be our best selves, but who will readily admit that we might not be there yet. And that's okay. And we're also people who like a little humor, who like a little all over the placeness, who have a lot of heart. As always, y'all, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. It is my hope to inspire, uplift, and entertain you with this Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. So if you're hungry for more, you can book me to speak or perform my solo show that inspired this podcast, Fat Girl Costumes, written by yours truly and directed by Brian Lady at your virtual or in-person event. Please visit brookhoover.com slash fluffybuttproductions or email me at contactbrookhoover at gmail.com for more info. And let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm at Brooke Hoover. And the O's in my name are not the letter O, they're zeros. Not because I want to be a size zero, but because I guess I'm just so clever with my late 90s Yahoo self. And if you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, share this with your friends, family, and other people you may know who are as fat as we are. That's fat with a PH.